This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. score. The Score with Michael Clark. I'm a man. I'm a Welcome along to The Score with me, Michael Clark. It is our last show of the season and appropriately, it is a big one. We are paying full focus, full attention on the Irish Cup final this weekend. Ballymena United versus Crusaders, a repeat of last year's encounter. Will it be a repeat performance that sees Crusaders crowned champions of the competition again? Or can Ballymena United win the Irish Cup for the first time since 1989. We'll be talking to the managers and the players from both teams on today's show. All that and more right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. Yes, you heard me right. As hard as it might be to believe, we are at the final show of the season for The Score. And it's been a lot of fun, but we're not getting sentimental, not yet at least, because we have plenty to discuss. A little later on, Keith Bailey will be joining us to do a roundup of some of the matters that we want to discuss across the Northern Ireland Football League. But a big focus, the main focus of today's show, is indeed the Irish Cup final. Crusaders, will they be able to keep their hands on that prize? Will they retain their status as Irish Cup champions? Or will Ballymena United win it for the first time in my lifetime? Yes, I was born in 1990, dear listener. That means when they won it, I wasn't on the scene. So, how will this year's final go? We will hear from the players shortly. Ballymena United will be represented by their captain, Josh Kelly, and by Ross Redman. And Crusaders will be represented by Paul Heatley and Philip Lowry. But first, the managers. Stephen Baxter to come momentarily... But first, David Jeffrey, and I began by asking him to reflect on last year's final. Last year was 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 challenging. The circumstances, you know, of our defeat um, was heartbreaking, um, not just for the players, but for everybody involved with Ballymena United. And it was very difficult and tough to take. And there's no point, no point saying otherwise, Michael. But the long and short of it is, in football management, you've got to be brutally honest in your analysis. You've got to be very pragmatic. And after a time of being able to reflect on, on, on the game, you know, I remember occasions where if we'd taken our chances, if we'd maybe defended that a little bit better, then we would have been successful. The one comfort for me was we gave of our very best. We couldn't have given any more on the day. The players were absolutely phenomenal. But unfortunately, and this is the, the harsh line, our best wasn't good enough. Um, something similar to when we played Glenn Torn. You know, previously to that, um, at the height of COVID, when again we were we were beaten in an extra time. So, um, all we've said to the players is quite simple: you've done tremendously well to get here. Uh, you've you've got here against all the odds. No one expected 
or give you a pup's chance. I'm talking even about the earlier rounds when, when we were at a difficult time in the league. You know, with the challenge of going away to, to Carrick, where a place no one wanted to go to. You know, we had Newington at home, Ballyclare away. You know, everyone said you know, potential banana skins, and then we had the league champions themselves. So we've got here in merit, um, and we're, we're not here just to make up the numbers. But the long and short of it is that, you know, we will look to give of our best and hopefully our best will be good enough. Reaching so many finals in itself is an achievement, but for someone as competitive as yourself and someone with as many trophies as you as you have in your career, it, it's probably hard to square that thought in your mind because you, you want more. You want the whole hog, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, how much does, does winning the trophies ultimately determine whether you look back on these recent years as successful or not? Brian McLaughlin and I have been blessed in that we've been seven years at Balamina. We, we, we reached that date, I think it was on the 6th or 7th of March. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the greatest respect in the world, you know, facts tell, tell us, in fact, Marshall Gillespie, you know, has, has you know, been very good in, say, in terms of, of finals reached, you know, and qualifying for Europe, um, number of victories, you know, at the, we have been sort of the most successful management team there. Um, now, yes, we would have liked more trophies. You know, I can, I can think about playing Cliftonville in the mm-hmm. County Random Shield and losing like in the seventh minute of <laughs> injury injury time. You know, I can think of League Cup finals against, you know, Linfield where we, we did fantastically well. Again, people said we, we should have and could have won on the day. So, you know, I'm probably the only final, Michael, that, that where I, I felt we thoroughly deserved to be beaten was against Tim Gallon in the League Cup. Yeah. And ironically, there's a reason for that. I feel very sure that we, the previous week that our semi-final had been delayed against Cliftonville. And it took us a mammoth effort mm. to get through against Cliftonville. And I think we played our final in the semi-final, if that, if that makes any sense. Because mm. when we turned up in the League Cup final, we didn't turn up. And Tim Gallon quite rightly and very deservedly won the trophy that day. But in, in all of the other times we've been in finals, we've, we've done superbly well. So... Um, you know, th- this period for the club has been, uh, and particularly with the whole landscape of our Aztec football changing, you know, we, we can be satisfied that we have, we have given of our best and, and, and we have done well for the club. And with what has felt like from the outside looking in a very challenging season, obviously some dear friends lost and, and, and that's very much, I'm sure Don Sterling will be in everybody's minds come the Irish Cup final, um, as he has been throughout the entire season, in truth be told, and, and not just for yourselves, for, for people like me that enjoyed his company too. But, you know, looking at, at this game, um, you just think of all the, the emotions that pour into it. It could turn a very difficult season into actually a very poignant and happy one. There is that. You're absolutely right, Michael, you know, and um, I think where I'm at in the first instance is that I'm not going to ignore the fact that getting to the third Irish Cup final in four years is a fantastic achievement. And particularly for this group of players in what has been a very challenging year, you know, Don Sterling sadly passed. Uh, um, It was he and Mr John Taggart, our former chair, who brought Bram McLaughlin and I to to Ballymena. and around Christmas, we had to do some restructuring, which was fine. You've got to do that at, at times at, at the club. So there's been, as I say, challenges often on the pitch. But, you know, we've stuck together and uh, we've got ourselves here to, to another cup final. And um, yes, it would be a phenomenal way to end the season. But I'll be honest with you, Michael, I'm not even allowing myself to, to, to dream or to consider the, that we've got ourselves here. 
I just want to make sure that the players give of their best and then we'll see where that takes us. And that's genuinely how I'm approaching this. You know, I'm not looking at it as it's, you know, it's, I'm not even allowing myself to think, well, after all of the toughness and all of the difficulty and all of the challenge, if we win this, you know, how great will everyone feel? It's not about that. It's about, well, can we go and give of our best? We've got it against Glentoran, got it against Crusaders before in the Irish Cup, but I know the players give of their very best. So I just want them to give of their best again. And as long as I'm satisfied with that, then we'll see where that takes us. How are you feeling personally coming into the final? This season must have taken its toll on you as well. Um, it certainly had its challenges, but I'm blessed, Michael, with with great support. You know, people always say that there are those who are for you, there are those who are against you, and then there are those who are ambivalent. Um, but I'm blessed with uh, really, really good people around me. Um, and yes, it, you, of course, it's tough, and, and but listen, that's part, it's part and parcel. And just finally, um, another chance to. Uh, Lock horns, if that's the right phrase, with Stephen Baxter. I know there's great affection between the two of you, and that yeah. that's very clear. Anytime you're you're across each other in the touchlines, but but you're in the match. Who doesn't want to get one better on the other? Um, how much are you looking forward to the occasion and, and being against his Crusaders team? Well, listen, we're we're quite frankly just delighted to be here, you know, and and you know, and, and coming up against Stephen and Crusaders, we know what we're in for. That's that's the good thing for me. We know exactly what we're in for. Um, you know, when you think of what Stephen has done at Crusaders, what he has achieved, it's a phenomenal story. Um, and we and it's not some amateurish effort at, at psychological warfare. They're going in his favour. It's quite rightly so. We only look at the league table. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a massive challenge, but what a challenge it is! And it's something that if you don't look forward and relish then you shouldn't be in this game. The Score with Michael Clark. Stephen Baxter, another year, another Irish Cup final. First of all, congratulations for reaching it. It's always a special day. What are your thoughts heading into this year's showpiece? Well, first and foremost, we're delighted to be here and both teams deserve an amazing amount of credit for uh, finding their way to another final because it's not an easy task ever to be in an Irish Cup final. Um, you could play a lifetime of football and never be in an Irish Cup final. We've had the opportunity to do it a few times. Uh, this is my sixth go at it. And uh, we're looking forward to an, another huge day out. Uh, I hope with, with a bumper crowd in from both, both sets of supporters and, and a big glamour day and, and hopefully a really good game of football. You know, last year's final was probably a little bit of a nervy final, I felt. And, you know, the, the, the football was... Not great on the eye, I didn't think, but we got we got a, we got a, an occasion, I suppose, with the, the the goals at the end and the celebrations and all that went with it. But it, it was a nervy game of football, and uh, so let's hope we get a better game of football, and but, and that can pan out whatever way. That's how football works. So we'll see what happens. But look, really looking forward to it. It's it's a it's brilliant to be here. Looking forward to the challenge and we'll see where it takes us. And. No introductions required between managers, old friends and uh, familiar foes when it comes to these sorts of things. He'll be looking for a little bit of revenge, I would imagine, Stephen. Well, there'd be something wrong with him if he didn't. Um, <laughs> their motivational factor in the semi-final showed you that, uh, how well they played against Lauren, who were the team of the season, and, and they, they were very rightly deserved to win that game uh, on the night. So that's why they're here, that's why they're in the final, and, and they will be extra motivated I would suggest to, to try and win it again and, and so we're going to have to 
lift our our motivational factor, our gears. Where we could probably possibly come in as underdogs in this, in, in that in that respect. Uh, so we'll we'll need to make sure that we know what we're about, and we will, uh, and it'll be a challenge. But that's what you expect with a, a team from from David. Always a, a team extra motivated, competing all around the park. Uh, but I'm sure we'll we'll meet that challenge head on. How much do you think the mental aspect or the psychology of matches like this play into it? Not a lot. Wouldn't have thought. Fair enough, yeah. Wouldn't have thought a lot. You know, uh, he talks a lot of nonsense. I talk a lot of nonsense. <laughs> and uh, and, and we'll, we'll, the two of us will go and work it out with our players and, and get, get a game of football played. Not the most important detail, but a nice detail all the same is new kits. And um, we see players proudly wearing them today. Um, what are your thoughts on the new, the new clubber? Well, I really like it. I, I've, I've known about it for a while and seen them uh, at the early stages. So um, no, they're beautiful. They really are. They're, they're, they're as nice a Crusaders kit that I've seen for, in my day, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been around this football club <laughs> a long time. Uh, so no, I'm thrilled with them. They're really beautiful. Uh, let's hope we can. Uh, as, as well as we look, we can uh, we can put a good uh, performance. If we if we play as well as we look, it'll be great. Well, you can feel the good mood, the good feel factor coming into this. It's a pressure game. How, how do you how do you assess that? Because European football is crucial for for everybody, and and what that brings to the club, the finances, what that could mean for future transfer windows, etc. Where it could propel you to. Um, how do you set that to one side to come in here? Because I, I don't want to be doom and gloom today, but for somebody, they're going to miss out. Yeah. And that's and that's that's what makes live sport wonderful, um, and why we come and do all this sort of stuff every single year, is because uh, the high emotions, the high drama, uh, the winners and losers, and we come and do it every, all of the time. Uh, so, don't we just love it? It's great. I I I just uh, but I think the important part of it is not to get too too caught up in it. Not, not to get too sort of, you know, oh, what if? <laughs> just play it in front of you. you know, nobody's, no, nobody's dead here. <laughs> Let's just play a game of football because we'll play it again in a, in a month after that again. So don't get too far ahead of it. Just go and enjoy it. Go and play and enjoy the moment. The Score with Michael Clark. That's what the managers have had to say. Now let's hear from the players. And again, we'll start with the Sky Blues and their captain, Josh Kelly. What's excitement like in the camp? You know, everything's went up a wee touch because you can tell that everyone's fan for, for places to try and get into the squad and into the 11. Um, so, yeah, full focus on the Irish Cup. How much does last year come into your thinking in terms of preparing for this year or do you try and forget about it as best you can? Yeah, I think the, the main message from us, the players, but also the manager and he hasn't really had to hit it home too hard because everyone wants to forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a game of football and ultimately we, we got beat on the day regardless of the circumstances of how we got beat um, and with an opportunity to, to go and win an Irish Cup regardless of who, whether it's against Crusaders again but it could have been against anyone. We're coming here to, to try and win the cup, um, and hopefully we can do that. What are your thoughts on the run you've had to get to this stage? It's been far from plain sailing. No, it definitely hasn't. Um, you know, the the league sort of hasn't been hasn't been great for us. Um, the form um, sort of mentioned that in one of the other interviews. Just the, the inconsistency is probably 
probably a thing that we've we've struggled with maybe the last couple of seasons, but we've managed to go and beat, you know, Carrick away and, and Newington and Ballyclare away in extra time and, and then the league champions. Um so we've definitely murdered being here um on Cup final day and you know, hopefully we can just go and do uh one extra step and, and lift the trophy. As you say, you've had penalties, extra time, best team in the country. Um, it feels like you've had to literally try every different scenario to get to this point. So a nice straightforward cup final. I mean, I don't know how anyone orders one of those things, but I'm sure you'll be trying to trying to produce it. Yeah, I think I don't think there's so anything as uh, <laughs> such thing as uh, straightforward when it comes to Balmina. Definitely the you know the the penalty shootout against. Um, Carrick and stuff and then extra time against Ballyclare you know it's it is never straightforward when you come into a comp competition so you know we'll be preparing for extra time and penalties obviously too and uh, you know I don't really care how it comes about but as as long as we can win the cup that'll be that'll be the main focus Last year and I don't want to dwell on it too much but I would imagine the hours after the final were just horrible mm-hmm, uh, The they weren't great. It was, you know, a somber feeling, obviously, um, as getting beat in any game really is. You, you, you know, the hours after aren't great, um, but especially in a cup final, um, it it was, you know, definitely an unhappy time. So hopefully we can, you know, sort of bottle that feeling and and try and put it right for this year. But as I think David said in the press conference, there's nothing you can guarantee in football. You know, all, all you can do is go out and give your very best. You know, you might win it, you might not, but you know, all that all that really is guaranteed is we'll be going out to give our, our everything to try and win it. And whereas the league season has been full of frustration, there's there's maybe a bit of shackles off in the cup. In in some regards, is there as well because everyone's excited and it's it's just the ninety minutes and you can shut the rest out. Yeah, that's that's um, that's one of the things we're sort of focusing on maybe because the inconsistency in the league. Um, you know, it's over a campaign and, and, you know, sort of the one-off games seem to, for some reason, have been suiting us, um, you know, against Lauren and stuff. Um, I think we you know, well deserve to go through. So um, hopefully we can sort of replicate that that good cup form and, and bring it into the final. And it seems to be every time there's a Balamini United team in the cup final, the captain's being talked about. Um, lots of interest. <laughs> Any idea where you'll be next year? No, um haven't had any any discussions, so um, full focus is on doing my best for Valamina, um, and anything beyond that's just um, all rumours and and hearsay because there's there's been nothing nothing concrete there. So um, our full focus and my full focus is on the cup final. Flattering though, I would imagine. Uh, I, th- I think it comes with the territory, like so. It's it's football, and you know the Ice League's getting more and more prominent, and you know people like the like the talk so um, it's, it's nothing that, it, that I'm too bothered about um, I'm fully focused on playing and I'm playing as best I can for Balmina and will it be you giving the rousing team talk just before you come out onto the pitch or is that very much the gaffer's job I think that's the gaffer's job um, <laughs> I'll do my best to give the odd wee bit of advice but here and there but as the captain does but you know we've plenty of senior players in there that'll, that'll make sure everyone's um, firing on all cylinders after the boss's speech so um yeah, looking forward to it. Ross Redman, another Irish Cup final to look forward to. You'll be hoping for a different outcome this year. Yeah, definitely. You know, last year, obviously, we had the heartbreak at the very end. Um, 
and it was just one of them things. You know, I think this year it'll be probably a lot different. It'll be it'll be a different game. Um, both sides know each other really well, so I think it'll be it'll be a very tight game, and just hoping that we can get our hands in the cup. What have the last few weeks been like? It, f- it felt like the win against Dungannon Swifts improved the mood a little bit. Everyone was talking about the, the winless run in the league, which can't have felt good for you or any of your teammates. Yeah, I, th- I think it was one of the things. We were actually performing quite well, but we weren't getting the results. And I think the Irish Cup sort of was, was our respite from the league and, and we were doing really well in it. And I think it just came when, when we beat Lauren. We beat them the Friday night when we beat them the Monday, which didn't help us, you know. And it was just sort of, we didn't have that long to enjoy you know, the semi-final win. But I think it's it's been sort of our season where we've been up and down. And we've played really well at some stages and, and others that we've, um, we haven't really hit the bar. So... I think the, the, the Irish Cup run has really, um, really helped us um, as, as players and, and as management really um, get through the tail end of the season. And Obviously, we're probably not in the place we want to be, but um, the league table doesn't lie. Um, so that's what, when we look at it now, we say maybe we, we haven't done our best in the league, but we still have this big cart at, at the end with the Irish Cup. It would fairly change everyone's opinion of your season, wouldn't it, if you were to win it? Yeah, I think it's um, it's it's always that uh, you've got thin line where you know you could be have a successful season or not, and that's um, that's where you need to play in the big games. And you know, I think it's testament to both clubs that we're we're back here again and that we've done well in the Irish Cup this year. Um, and it's just one of them things now: who can go out on the day and, and perform the best. And not everybody in the squad will have played European football. I wouldn't have thought. So, what an opportunity for them to reach that stage in their careers. Yeah, I think it's it's something that we're all looking at now is the European football, the money it comes with and you know, the the trips and, and the countries you can go to. Um and obviously seeing last year about um the likes of Linfield getting through so many rounds in it, it's um there is real possibility in that now with how the league's improving. So it's um it is a massive reward for whoever wins the, the cup, but I think it's for players. We just need to focus on on play, playing the game on the day, um, trying to do our best, um, not think about the occasion or anything. The reward that comes after that, it's about winning the game of football, um, and then we, we can see where it takes us. Doesn't it show you the quality in the league now, where there's teams starting to get competitive about who's going to reach the group stage of European football first? That conversation would have seemed laughable nearly a few years ago. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I remember going to many European trips when you're thinking you know, we might have no chance here. You know, we're just we're looking trying, trying to keep a score down. But now you see the professionalism coming in the league. You can see the league improving year on year, and, and the quality of the players that are they're playing in the league and that are that are moving across the water. So I think every, everything's improving. Um, I think it will improve in the next couple of years, and there probably needs to be a chat about a lot of more teams going full time, and um, to, to keep up with the Lawrence and the Linfields. You know, so I think. Um, it it is um, it's it's a great proposition for any young player now that you can do well in this league and either get into European football when when in leagues or you can go across the water. And we've seen a bit more experimentation in terms of match times. Friday nights, this finals is Sunday. Other games um, have been Sunday League Cup final as well. Tea time kickoffs. That's a bit of a learning curve for people too who are very used to their Saturday three o'clock. So it feels like it's here to stay. What's your opinion on it? Yeah, I think it's one. It's one of the things. I think there, it's it's fine, and I think it's it's merited this year to, to do it on a Sunday. I think there needs to be consultation with with clubs, with supporters, with players, 
um, need to be in the forefront of the conversations of, of when, when they're playing um, days and times that they're, they're thinking of playing but I think anything that will improve the league um, is, is, is good for the league and I think you've seen by the League Cup final um, the masses of spectators were at it I think in the Irish Cup final will be an, another great occasion so I think it is it is warranted um, but I think it needs there needs to be a lot more <laughs> thinking around it of how we do it we just don't um, just walk into it next year do you think the full-time teams get an advantage playing, particularly on a Friday night when other people are coming from their day jobs? Well, I, th- I think they try and take advantage of that. I don't know um, if there's any statistics around if, if it is an advantage or not, but um, I know a lot of people working all day, you know, to come on a Friday night, it, it's maybe, it may be a bit difficult, but um, I think we, we do choose this. We play a lot of Tuesday games, which is very similar, so it's not like we're, we're alien to it. So um, I think it's, it's one of them things that... I enjoy playing on a Friday night, to be honest. Um, I don't know how, how much I enjoy playing on a Sunday, but um, yeah, I think it's as the league improves, it's, the players are going to have to do it and commit to it. I have a feeling the result will pretty much inform us all of how you feel afterwards on the Sunday and Crusaders are in your opponents. They maybe say their season in some ways as well has been a bit inconsistent, superb at home and, and patchy away from home. You've been inconsistent in your own way too. So is it a is it a lottery this final? Do we do we have an idea how it's going to go, or, or you, do you feel very much as underdogs here? Yeah, I, I think you look at the league table, and what you can say is that they're they're flying at the top of the league. I think um, you know the last uh, couple of weeks, maybe in February and March, didn't go didn't go what they they would like for their league challenge, but they're they're right up there. I think they'll go in as favourites, um, and rightly so with with the quality of players they have and the full time setup they have. And I think for us, we just need to go out and and, and do our best and, and play our best. And if if we can do that, then I think we have a chance. The score with Michael Clark. Ross Redmond following on from Josh Kelly there, giving us a Ballymena United perspective on things. And now to the Hatchet Men and first Paul Heatley. And my opening question to Paul was: Is he confident that they can win it for a second year in a row? Yeah, of course we have to be. If you don't go in with confidence, then you're probably already pre-doomed, aren't you? I think we have enough experience and quality within the team who have been on this occasion before. To go in with great confidence, we're all fully fit. BJ Burns missing is a wee bit of a disappointment, but obviously the strength of the squad will help. And we're, we have every bit of confidence that we can go and get the right result. It's a huge game, European football at stake, and it's something that Crusaders have been very good at, is finding a way to get there. The Irish Cup's been a great avenue for that in recent years. Yeah, it has. You know, the league continues to get tougher and tougher every season. Um, more and more football full-time football um, bigger investment the clubs strengthening of players coming across from obviously different us, different areas of, of Europe so it's certainly improving and getting more and more difficult to, to get the success of the, of the league that does allow an avenue in the Irish Cup obviously to, to get that European spot and we have a really good record over the last few years I think we've made it maybe this will be the third time in five years so fantastic obviously majority of the squad are still there mm-hmm. um, so again experience and confidence going into that's at its peak uh, but we can never take anything for granted because Balamina have obviously had a really tough path to get here beating Lauren in the semi-final fantastic and they'll certainly want revenge over, over last season and you had it pretty difficult in your semi-final too it took a bit of late inspiration from Declan Cadell I wonder is he still talking about that goal I know there was a goal against Cliftonville he talked about for quite some time has that replaced it? 
Uh, no, he still talks about the Clippenville one. I think seven years down the line, he's still going on about it. No, it was a good strike, to be fair. If that you say that, we did talk about that on the bus on the way home after the Clippenville game last Saturday, so Decky will know. Um, but yeah, look, there's no easy way. Yeah, when it comes to cup games, if you don't perform on the day, you're out. And it's as simple as that. Be nice to show that consistency probably in the league a wee bit better than the, than the cup, but um, we'll take what we can get. We know that uh, we're fully capable of achieving anything we want to, league and cup, but our season now turns to the Irish Cup final and that's what's going to get our full attention and we'll make sure that we close shop over the next week, you know, gather in as a group and make sure that we get fully focused and prepared. Do you at this stage in your career still get excited coming into an Irish Cup final and all that represents? Oh, without a doubt, you know, you're Although the Irish League continues to grow the and the support continues to grow, it certainly doesn't draw in the group that an Irish Cup final does. And to walk out in front of eight, nine, ten thousand supporters, you know, home, away and neutral, it's a, an incredible spectacle and every player wants to strive towards that and experience that, that occasion. And obviously then, if you're successful, it leads to even bigger occasions in European football. And a lot of us have families and enjoy walking out with the children on the occasion, but... Um, you have to make sure that you're you're focused on the football and the, the job that you're there to do and that's to get the result. There's been so much said about last year's final and the way in which you won it. But as a player, what was that experience like? It must have felt like we, we are about to lose this final and all of a sudden you're in extra time. Oh my goodness, we're heading to penalties and all of a sudden you're going to go and lift the thing. Yeah, you know, again, I think it comes down to the individual, how they're, how they're, they're feeling their emotions at the time. Personally, I remember, obviously in 2019, I think we won it, and I had maybe three children at the time. The next year, we obviously have four. Um, and it was 89th, 90th minute. Obviously, Balamino were winning. The only thing, which is probably wrong, but the only thing in my head was my kids don't get, get to come on and celebrate with me, winning the Irish Cup final. Um, but God bless Josh Robinson and, and Johnny McMurray, because your emotions went from high to low, back up the extremely high again, and the turbulence of the last, you know, extra time in particular, it was, it was like a game of tennis, it was gung-ho, end-to-end stuff, and anybody could have snatched it, and I think fate just had it that we would we would take it in the last second, and thank goodness we did, because obviously we've got the experience Europe again, and and we don't want anything to change again this year, we expect to go in and, and be dominant, and perform well, and be on form in this game, and Although I'm sure Balamina are looking for their revenge, we, we don't plan on letting them have that. Does the fact that it's the same opponents impact your preparations at all? I know both teams know each other very well. Both managers know each other incredibly well. So kidology's out the window because they I think they both know what's in each other's uh, manuals by now. But does, does it impact you thinking, they're going to be better this year, we need to be better too? I don't think so. I think... On our end, we don't have to actually think about it at all. We just have to look after ourselves. I think there will maybe be a lot of psychological thought on Balamina's end. Obviously, because they were on the downside of last year, mm-hmm. um, they'll certainly be focused on getting revenge and, and being better and more prepared and more and fitter and stronger going into this so that they don't experience a double loss. We Last year, the us has come and gone. It was great success, but uh, you have to treat every cup final as an individual entity and just go in and, regardless of who your opponent is, just prepare for that opponent. Because obviously, a year down the line, the Palomino side are very different, as are we. Mm-hmm. So 
obviously we have to look at what lies ahead for us in the next week of, of how they're going to prepare, what they're going to do, their setup as they will with us. And just finally, as you say, um, you know, your season now all focuses on the Irish Cup, but what is your reflection overall in the, in the league campaign? Uh, I think in regards to the league, we've we've actually done well, in my opinion. We've, we've managed to battle with the big boys. Our record against the other top six have been phenomenal. Um, we'll be a wee bit disappointed with our performances against Balamina in the league and obviously Glenavon couple of points dropped at Carrick so that's been our downfall maybe a wee bit of consistency against the so-called bottom half of the league Um, but we've had injuries we've had suspensions and it's been a tough occasion so the league grows from strength to strength every game is very very difficult and every game warrants a really hard fought three points so we'll reflect on it when the Irish Cup's over and we'll gather our thoughts and, and maybe review it at the right time but for now I think it's just full focus in the Irish Cup final Philip Laurie, 100% record in these Irish Cup finals. We bonds to you down through the years. Uh, some brilliant memories on a serious note, though. Brilliant, yep. Uh, as you rightly said there, i been very blessed to have played in five and managed to have come out on the right side of them um, on all the occasions. So, um, look, it's the, it's the poster day, isn't it, for the Irish League calendar. Uh, it's the most prestigious cup competition we can compete in and it's an amazing day out for players, fans alike. So, um, look, we'll be... We'll be ready for it on Sunday, uh, as we always are, and we'll be hoping we can come out the right side. Do they become less daunting the more you do? Because there's so much build-up to it. Friends and family are coming, massive crowds, all that. But you've been there and done it before. Do do the nerves go away any, or or is there still a level of that? I think the nerves are still there. Of course, you're always just sort of a bit apprehensive about how the game's going to go. You know, you're sort of playing different scenarios out in your head, and... But um, certainly you learn as you get older just to enjoy it and embrace it a bit more. You know, in your younger years, you're probably a bit more <laughs> pedantic about everything. You don't want to talk to anyone. You sort of shy away from everything because you just want to try and focus solely on the match. But as you get older, you kind of learn to embrace all the sort of razzmatazz, the suits, the build-up, the enjoyment. And as you rightly said, friends and family coming and organizing tickets for, you know, here, there and everywhere. So it's part and parcel of it and something you enjoy. It was interesting talking to Paul Heatley before. He was saying in the 90th minute, 1-0 down against Balamini Netta, all he could think of was, my kids aren't going to get to come on the pitch and celebrate here. This is this is awful. And obviously how quickly things changed. What was going through your head in that time? Just, I can't even describe that final last year, how bad it was, honestly. It was so bad. Um, one of those games where the harder you tried, the worse you seemed to get. And you get games like that, but I think it just shows the mental strength and character of the side that we managed to somehow come back. And... Um, yeah, it's it's going to be probably a very similar game on Sunday. Both teams will be not wanting to make mistakes like all finals. It'll be KG, it'll be tackles. You're just you're marking your man so tight and vice versa that neither of you want to make a mistake. And that's kind of the way finals pan out. But yeah, I'd agree with Heats. You know, as you get older and you have family, you're sort of thinking, don't want to let anyone down and don't want to disappoint anyone. But at the end of the day, it's a football match. You've got a we've played thousands of football matches over our careers, and this is just another one on Sunday. Everyone's pretty much at this stage been wrapped up in cotton wool to make sure they're able to get there. We know the one player that won't be there, Billy Joe Burns, at the red card. Has it sunk in yet with the players? Because people are still asking me about it, so I'm sure you're being uh, pestered, maybe not the right word, but people are still thinking, well, what's Philip think? Um, look, it's done and dusted now. I think um, the only good thing, oh, well, I don't know if it's a good thing that come out of it all, was that it was done and dusted in a matter of days. It didn't drag on like some other things do in the disciplinary world here so um, look 
he's, a, he's one of my best mates. He's uh, a legend in the Irish League, one of the most decorated players. He would be a miss for any team. Um, but it's done now, and we just have to move on. You know, Billy's disappointment will be another man's uh, opportunity. So we've got a big squad, and that's why we need it. Someone's going to have to come in and, and step into his very big shoes and uh, do a job, which I'm sure they'll be capable of doing. With you having a few more rest days than you're used to in approach to this final, are you getting a bit restless now? Just let me back on the pitch, please. Uh, a bit of that and a bit <laughs> of uh, I'm enjoying the rest because it's been a very tough season. Um, I'm not sure I missed a minute apart from one suspended game I had against Glentorn. So, um, yeah, it's been nice to just recharge, but obviously he's training very hard in preparation for the final. And uh, it's it's been a very long, arduous, tough season. And it'll be nice to cap it all off with a potential you know, Irish Cup victory on Sunday. But, um, yeah, it's just no matter how long the season's been, you always want to be in that May final. Um, and we're no different. And, look, it's just so, such a good day. You know, the whole event, the trophy present, everything just is so good. But obviously, the caveat of that is it's it's only if you win and we've got to make sure we're on the right result. I know you'll tell me the most important thing is winning the Irish Cup, but, but maybe just behind that, quite nice to be nominated for Player of the Year. I'm sure at the start of the season, could you have seen the season that you personally have had? Um, without sounding arrogant, um, I could have seen me having a really good season. Um, no, probably not. Uh, having scoring the amount of goals I've had, certainly wouldn't think you know start of the season I was going to end up in the Player of the Year conversation. But um, look, I've been around now 10, 15 years, and I've managed to play at a good level for a lot of that career. But this year, it's probably gone up a gear, and uh, it's all down really to my teammates. They've been fantastic. They've been such a big help to me, and. It's been just a season that I've just enjoyed and that's probably shown in my football. I'm just really enjoying myself every time I turn up to play for the club and put on the jersey. I'm just, I just can't wait to get out there and show what I'm all about and hopefully I can do that on Sunday. And it's not just about lifting the trophy, which is actually just behind us here. It's also the European qualification, which everyone's been talking about. How, how important is it to qualify for Europe and, and how much do players enjoy the experience of it, let alone all the other things it brings to the club? Yeah, look, nail on the head, playing in Europe is, for me, the pinnacle of, of anyone's career. You know, when, when you think about the number of players that actually get to play in Europe, you know, when you think in England, the top five or six teams in the Premier League play in Europe, whereas we're small Irish league clubs and four clubs are getting to play in Europe. So, look, it's amazing. And uh, But from a player's perspective, you're not thinking about the finances that come with that and what might happen to the club if we do or do not get Europe. For us, it's just about silverware and a, and a big trophy and coming out on the right side of it and then obviously we'll reap the rewards down the line if we manage to come out on the right side The Score with Michael Clark. A lot of excitement for the Irish Cup final great to hear from both clubs ahead of that this Sunday at Windsor Park now a bit of a treat on this final show of the season you're getting bonus Bailey yes Keith Bailey is back for <laughs> one last time to give us a roundup of things across the Northern Ireland Football League Belfast Telegraph journalist and friend of the programme Keith Bailey great to have you on the show again how are you I'm very good always to be always good to be on the score I feel like I should have had something lined up a bit more production there for bonus Bailey <laughs> you enjoy that a bit too much. <laughs> well, I heard you giggle, so you obviously didn't mind it either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
look, the big thing everyone has been talking about for the guts of the last week is Warren Point Town, so let's not mess around. Before I ask you your thoughts on it, they've issued a statement this morning saying that they are appealing the IFA decision to refuse them a championship licence and a promotion licence for participation next season. And in essence, it comes down to an unpaid tax bill that they say they weren't aware of. As soon as they were told about it, they made sure to get this bill paid. They claimed it was done within the time frame of a review period. And they also say that the licensing committee's independent financial expert was satisfied and provided them with assurances that more or less the matter would be fine and would be okay to progress from here and that they feel treated differently than other clubs in the past by the fact that this verdict has then been returned to their surprise apparently. There's a lot to unpick. It's a very long statement but hopefully that conveys the spirit of it. What are your thoughts? I mean it's fascinating that it wasn't a statement I was necessarily expecting. I didn't really think we would hear anything more from from either the IFA nor Warren Point until after the um, until after the appeal, uh, Warren Point themselves have revealed it's an unpaid tax bill. I mean, I think that's something that was doing the rounds in football circles from from the the minute you know we we first heard that they hadn't got a license, but it, it's they themselves who who have confirmed that, and and that is you know regardless of how much the actual bill is, that is a an offence that allows that that could see them. That would see them denied a license. I mean, if you haven't paid your tax bill, then that is something that that you will be denied your license for. So, uh, they're obviously in a very sticky situation. They clearly realise that themselves. What you're seeing here with a statement is, I guess, an attempt to get out on the front foot, an attempt to kind of control the narrative that this is a small club who are hard done by, who feel like they've been hard done by by the IFA, and they feel like the the potential punishment which could be being completely relegated, kicked out of of the Northern Football League, is a punishment which doesn't fit the crime. Um, so, I think it was a bold move by Warren Point to get out there, put their side of the story across. Um, and every time that somebody from Warren Point speaks, whether that's been Conor McAreevy or Barry Gray, who spoke with the Newry reporter during the week, and again with a statement. I and others, other reporters will go to the RSFA and say, would you like to respond to this statement? But they will always say no comment. And the reason for that is they want to, to keep things, while the appeal is ongoing, they're not going to speak for fear of, of you know, jeopardizing the, the, the upcoming case. So you've got a situation where you've got one hand, uh, one party who is, is talking quite freely and making their feelings known. And then you've got the, the other party who are, are keeping things uh, under wraps so it's a, it's a fascinating statement and it gives you an indication of the ramifications for Warren Point um, how serious this is for them and how worried they are you, you can see from the, the statement that they've, they're getting local politicians involved um, they've got a, a top legal team appointed so you know they are going to fight for it um, they're going to fight all the way and in many ways Warren Point Town are, are a club fighting for their lives at this stage they say they cannot overstate how strongly they feel about this refusal. They will not be taking the initial decision of the IFA lying down. Um, it's going to probably come down to, and, and this is me wondering this, Keith, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong, 
whether they can prove that they were given those assurances by the licensing committee's independent financial expert. Well, it is always, you know, they're verbal assurances, which obviously implies that they don't have anything in writing. So, you know, they, they might be on a sticky wicket with that one. But it's it's hard to comment on it still in some regards because you're only kind of getting one side of the story rather than both sides of the story because the, the IFA are, are staying stum on it essentially so it's difficult to kind of pick that apart um you know obviously i'm not, not casting doubt on what warren point said of no reason to but it's uh if that's if that is their case if that's their main argument that they got verbal assurances from within the ifa i'm not sure that would be enough um it's a difficult it's a difficult situation for the club there's no doubt about it if you follow things through logically it does seem that the likely outcome of this is that they would be kicked out of the league a better question to maybe ask is is that actually a fair punishment it seems it seems like a massive punishment for what is i wouldn't say a small error but isn't is one error and that is the danger with the with the licensing process um i've talked to other people who, who've who've done done it with various clubs and they're actually fairly complimentary about the ifa they would say that they, the rsfa hold your hand the license firm hold your hand through the process and, and help you as much as they can but there is always that fear that you know, if you make a mistake down the line somewhere, you know, you could get your club kicked out of the league, which is such a, a massive price to pay. Um, it, it, it's a it's a sad situation that affects all three leagues, and it, it's just a really it's a really tough situation for Warren Point Town to find themselves in. Um, and I think it's going to take weeks to to pay, play out in full. And they say they understand, and this is clearly a claim that Warren Point Town are making, that other clubs, bigger clubs, have been given discretion when they've had similar cases. Now, that isn't something I can stand over, but that's something they're going to, I'm sure, want to flesh out during the case of the appeals process. It's, it's all very curious at this time, and we'll wait and see what happens. But there's obviously a knock-on effect. There's other clubs affected, Keith, in all of this. Yeah, I think maybe an interesting point there, a difference actually between Premiership Club and Championship Clubs. Um, th- Premiership Clubs have their finances monitored on a, a monthly basis, uh, whereas Championship Clubs only have theirs monitored once a year. So there, there's maybe more opportunity for errors um, at by Premiership Clubs to be picked up or infringements by Premiership Clubs to be picked up than there is for... For championship clubs, uh, also some of the, I mean, the rules for for licensing are, are constantly monitored um, and are changed slightly every year. And there were rule changes in the summer, so something that was that was a, an offence that could get you kicked out last year, you know, or wasn't an offence that would get you kicked out last year, maybe one that gets kicked out this year. So these things do change. Can you walk us through the permutations? I know you've written about this and it's been very helpful, I think, to break down what's going on, but there's still a lot of people who are confused. Yeah, I think we, we've tried our best to explain things um, in print and online in the Belfast Telegraph, but you're right, it's a complicated situation. First thing to note is um, to step up from the Championship to the Premiership, you need what is known as a promotion license Lock Golf for example have got one and that allows them to step up into the Premiership Warren Point applied for one and if they got theirs they would be you know, playing Dungannon this, this week in a two leg playoff um, but they didn't get one and that's obviously um, a disaster for them what that means is that position will pass down to Anna United, this is assuming of course Warren Point don't win their appeal um, but 
but Warren Point have lodged an appeal, and that playoff cannot proceed until that that appeal has p- played out. The appeal will be heard on the tenth of May, um, and we'll get m- maybe a new date soon after. But what is worth remembering is, even if Warren Point lose that appeal, they would then have the option for a further appeal, which is to take it to arbitration, and um, which is done by an outside body. Um, so then that could drag on for another couple of weeks. So we've got the set, which is for you know, I think it's the thirtieth of May and the third of June, off the top of my head. But you know, again, they are provisional. If if one point win their appeal, the dates will change. If one point lose their appeal but don't go to arbitration, the the dates could change again. Or you could even get a situation where the arbitration drags on longer than that and it gets kicked back further. So it's it's all very all very confusing, but. But of course, it's not all just about the playoff because not only were One Point Town denied a promotion license, they were also denied a championship license. That means they cannot compete in the championship next season. In essence, they will be relegated. Maybe relegated is not the right word, but thrown out perhaps is a better terminology. Um, so they wouldn't be in the championship next year. And there's some debate. I think most people agree, reading the rules, I, I, I would as well. But not only could they not play in the championship, but they couldn't play in the PIL either, because there is a stipulation within the participation agreement that the the current PIL teams are expected to get a championship license to compete in the, the championship next season. And if you look at it, all twelve current PIL teams did get a a championship license. So that would see Warren Point out of football altogether, and um, you know potentially back in in the Mid-Ulster League or another regional league which would just be an absolutely devastating blow for the club when you think back to the way Barry Gray built that club up from from you know a small side in the Mid-Ulster League through all the divisions it would almost be like a lot of that good work had been wiped out which would be an incredibly painful team for the club and from that there's so many different questions you could ask I know people will have their own opinions about should the right pass down to the next team in the league, which in this case is Anna United? But outside of that, you've clubs like PS and I going. Well, are what what division are we going to be in? Are we actually going to be able to stay in the PIL? Is is this going to affect promotion and relegation across other leagues? There's so many well, yeah, unanswered questions. Absolutely. I mean, the first one, the immediate one below um, the playoff between. Dungannon and either Warren Point or Anna United is the the playoff between the PIL and the Championship. Bangor won that division. They're straight up into the PIL. Second was by Macash Rangers. They are waiting on the outcome of this to find out who they play in the playoff. If it goes one way and, and Warren Point are indeed kicked out of Niffle, then then what would happen is Institute, who they're supposed to play, they finished eleventh in the Championship. Um, it's expected that they would be allowed to stay in the championship without a playoff and not be a, who were relegated essentially because they finished last it's likely that they would be offered the playoff spot so it would be not Breda against Bally McCash rather than Bally McClash against Institute it is a very confused situation and you're right you mentioned Pace and I Pace and I are right at the bottom of the PIL and they would expect to be relegated out of Niffle well if one point or kick completely out of Niffle um, then there might be a lifeline for the PSNI and they might be able to stay in the league football which would be great news for them um, although obviously rather rather cruel on Warren Point so there's ramifications across all three divisions um, it's it's a painful situation and it's a real waiting game particularly for like PSNI, Blind Cash 
instituting operator waiting around for a long time, not really sure what's going on on the United as well. So there's there's five or six clubs caught up in this. And how is any team expected to plan for their summer? Look at Dungan and Swifts as well, who we haven't really brought up here. Are they budgeting for a premiership season and needing to improve knowing how close they came to finishing bottom this year or or not you know because the, is the the playoff match definitely going to happen do they know well, where they're going to be and this even even if it does happen they've had to wait even longer to know what their status is absolutely i mean it, it's very frustrating for for Dungan who you know like you say Mel Curry's talked a bit about this you know in the run up to the final, you know, Port Orange relegation. He was talking about how his budget would be totally different if they were relegated as what it would be if they were still a Premiership team. Well, that certainly applies to Dungan as well. There's no way you could carry the wage budget that they they currently have if they were a Championship team. Naturally, anything that's relegated from the Premiership needs to, you know, downsize, and Dungan would be no different. Well, that all those decisions are basically postponed a month. There'll be players at Dungan who would be prepared and you to sign a new contract if they're a premiership club but might not be if they're a championship club so again that that decision process is delayed and you know that gives opportunities for other clubs to sneak in and maybe nick your players and it's a really similar situation you know on a different level for for buying the cash and for not breeding and institute it, it just there's just this uncertainty around all these clubs you just don't know what division they're going to be in i'm just trying to think of off the top of my head i think we've got Dungannon, Warren Point, Annie United, Institute, Knock Breeder, uh, Bally McCash and PSNI. All those clubs at this moment in time cannot say for certainty what division they're going to be in next year. And that's not great considering the, the league campaign's over. And as you said, the dates provisionally and, and the Northern Ireland Football League set out in a statement saying, like, whatever happens in the, the appeal on Wednesday they're not going to bring the dates forward at, at the earliest now they're going to allow these matches to happen the promotion relegation playoffs for the, the the premiership and the championship the 30th of may and then saturday the 3rd of june if it were to be kicked back further then you're talking about people's contracts being up and you're not able to use what your own players for matches which could determine which league you play in could that happen mm-hmm. yeah that's entirely possible I and mean, you could have a situation as well where the the transfer window across the leagues aren't isn't allowed to open. We have we had that in the past during the COVID season. So, yeah, there's ramifications there for for all leagues. It's it's a sticky situation, but you know it it is also just one of those things, isn't it? I mean, it's mm-hmm. hard to comment on because we don't have the detail. But there's a licensing process there. Thirty six teams from Niffle went through this process uh, through the this IFA process, and thirty five of them have got a license. So. I would, you know, I, I don't think the IFA licensing organisation, the committee, are out there to try and trip people up. They wouldn't have done this unless they felt uh, a degree of confidence or a degree that they had to do this. So I wouldn't, you know, it's not been a decision that's taken lightly because of the ramifications it has. So I, I guess we just have to wait and see what the outcome of it all is. Okay, um, great job summing that up, Keith. I just want to go around a few of the clubs and ask uh, your thoughts on them overall in their season. Um, let Let's look at some positives. Bangor, tremendous in the PIL. People wondering how will they fare in the championship. What's your gut tell you from what you've seen from Lee Feeney's man? Oh well, I mean, if like if Bangor went up with the team that they have now and they didn't sign anybody, they didn't release anyone. You know, I think they would be in the bottom half of the table. 
Um, I don't think that's a hugely controversial thing. There is a big old leap between the championship and the PIL. The PIL is a league which is very fractured. There's a lot of cup competitions. The standard kind of varies from the top to the bottom. The championship is, is very different now. It's very different from what it used to be when Bangor ran it previously in the sense that it, it's hyper-competitive. There are, you, know, you, you don't play in the cup competitions. So you're playing 38 league games just like you play in the premiership. And the standard of players is pretty good across the board. Um, you you will generally have seven or eight, nine good teams in the division at any one time, which definitely was not the case ten years ago. So I think in that regard, it'll be tough. But let's be honest, you know, Bangor are, are, are not going to have exactly the same team. You know, they're, they're going to add to it. They're one of a number of teams who's been trying to secure Colin Cooks' services, which gives you an idea of maybe the level that they're level player that they're they're trying to attract so I would imagine Bangor will be very competitive and I think like a, a good first season aim for them would be to finish in the top six if they can do that without a cracking season because like it is a dogfight every year to finish in that top six this year a, a club like Ballon Mallard missed out a club with the talented players they have such as uh, you know Matthew Ferguson and Michael McClellan and the Welders missed out you know, the previous year it was ours who missed out so big teams or you know, teams with quality players are missing out and making the top six. So if Bangor can nail the top six in the first season, that is a brilliant season for them, no doubt about it. I know there's an, an asterisk about who plays who and all the rest of it, but uh, the runners up in the PIL, Balamacash Rangers, would they be good enough, do you think, to give it a good go in a promotion playoff? Well, I think much of what I said about Bangor probably applies to Balamacash, the team we've got at the moment. You know, if they went up with that, would be you know scrapping it out there with the Derbies of this world, um, but. Again, that's a club with like Bangor, you know, has got a fan base there. Um, so I'm sure they will be looking to add. Lee Forsyth is a manager who's always, you know, active in the, the transfer window and, ha- and has attracted some quality players like Stone Davidson to, to Ballymacash in the past. So, again, you know, no doubt he'll add players. So it won't be the team, it won't be exactly the same team as what finished second in PIL. So, like, that's a club that has the potential again to. To push up and and, and do more, uh, you know, listen again. Top six would be you know a fantastic achievement for them as well, an incredible achievement for them if they are to be promoted, which is obviously a huge question mark at this stage. Their aim would probably in the first year would be to to avoid relegation or to you know maybe get in the eighth or ninth. So yeah, it's you could have two teams coming up which will add um, a bit of colour and a bit of flavour to the league, and then you've got Portland coming down as well. So actually, what we'll see is we'll, we'll see the crowds go up because all three of those clubs obviously have a have a decent support. So yeah, it's a good thing for the championship. The championship could could have a little bit more life and colour to it next season, which would be could only be a good thing. Well, it was heard on this show a couple of weeks ago. Nal Curry was saying that only two or three of his players actually had contracts sorted out for next season. We've seen that they've been working hard already in assembling their squad for the next campaign. That's no surprise. Plenty of rumours about who might be coming in and already some players uh, signing on the dotted line. Uh, it's going to be another rebuild at Shamrock Park. That's pretty common in in the championship is the players are either on one-year deals or they're on amateur deals. So everything's up for grabs every summer I mean that that's kind of the way the division works there aren't too many knocking about in two year professional deals so yeah Portland have, will have a wee bit of rejigging to do but you know it looks like they're going to bring in bring in quality you know they obviously have a goalkeeper issue 
uh, that's dogged them throughout the season. Um, so Gallon Car, or sorry, Aaron Hogg is going to come in there, and you know, he's a quality goalkeeper. Obviously, he had a few injuries in this time, but no denying his ability. So that that'll steady that up. Um, and I'm sure you know now always always has things up his sleeve. He's re-signed Paul McRoy and, and Alan Sullivan, who who will be called the centre forwards at that level. So. Yeah, I mean, put it on, will be the team to stop in the championship. They will start the campaign as favourites. And actually, this whole warm point thing, I mean, that's a huge boost for them because, like, assuming the warm point, you know, if they didn't win the playoff, they would be a really, you know, a top team in the championship with with Johnny McMurray up front and, you know, Stephen Ball left back is, is a smashing player. You know, things like that, they would be the team that you would expect. To, to push put it on all the way well if the wheels are going to completely fall off there one way or another then, then that could be a threat taken out for them um, so yeah I think things are looking good for, for put it on but here we're talking in we're talking in early May a lot can happen between now and the, the first ball being kicked in, in mid-August just on managers Dundella boss Paul Harbinson has resigned he did a brilliant job under really really difficult circumstances across uh, the campaign but he's decided to step away. Were you surprised by that? I mean, I heard. You know, I've been to a few Dundell games, and I heard him getting a bit of stick from from the fan base, and and there were points where maybe he felt that you know his efforts weren't being fully appreciated. But you know, I mean, the club put out a nice statement about him, and, and you know, Palmer the secondary talked very positively about him um, on on social media. Is it a shock? I'm, I, no, I'm not surprised by it. Um, I would say that, in my opinion, I think Paul did do a really good job because, yeah, he finished fourth and, and when he took over, you know, that's Dundella were maybe, I can't remember off some head, second or third, I would suspect, uh, and looked in the, the running for, for promotion. But, like, he had a team stripped away from him. Before he'd walked the door, a lot of those players had already agreed to leave, to move on, and, and not just to put it on, you know, Sanat and Ryan McKay were, were on their way to Linfield so to lose the best chunk of a, a good starting 11 in January is just any manager's nightmare I think it could have gone really horribly wrong for them and they could have dropped out of the top 6 that didn't happen, they hung in there uh, and they ended up um, they ended up finishing 4th which is, I mean that's a great season for Dundella like, uh, it's, considering everything that happened and the club has been through a lot. Let's not forget they they lost Aidan Gillen during the, mm-hmm. towards the tail end of the season. Well, I think that that club can look back on a really a, a proud season in difficult and testing circumstances. And I think Paul Robinson can also look back on a, a lot of pride in what he did in the six months he was there. For be interesting to see who who steps in. Most certainly will be. Mark Kerr, we know, is the new Bambridge Town manager. Simon Nix leaving his role. Kerr will officially take over at the end of the amateur league season. He is in charge of top flight team there, Drummond Mills. They've the Clarence Cup semi-final to play against Crumlin Star coming up. Keith, before I let you go, just as we close out the programme, the Irish Cup final, we've been hearing from the managers, from some of the big players, from Balamini United and Crusaders. Go on, indulge us. Give us your prediction, please. Who's going to win on Sunday? Crusaders are going to win, aren't they? I mean, that's that's a very dull prediction, but I mean, Crusaders are a better team. No, listen, Balmain are really upset the odds against Lorne and pulled out a wonder performance in that semi-final, um, and they, they they thoroughly deserved it. But you know, Crusaders just squeaked past Balmain this time last year in an unforgettable cup final. I mean, if it 
has half the drama that, that cup final had will, will be in for a good day but just just being honest about it Crusaders look a better team than Bellaminor um, at this moment in time They've, the gap between the two clubs has probably increased a wee bit um, from what it was this time last year so yeah boring prediction but I think uh, I think Crusaders will win 2-0 Keith always a pleasure thanks so much for your help not just this week but throughout the course of the season always a pleasure having you on the score thank you Michael the score with Michael Clark. And that brings us right up to the end of the programme and the end of the series. But before I go, I do want to say a big thanks to the players, the managers, the different journalists and pundits and guests that have come on, officials, referees, etc. Anybody who has contributed to this programme on air or behind the scenes to allow us to reach the heights that we reached during this season including as we know breaking into the top 10% of Spotify podcasts in the world in the world it's an Irish league programme and that is some going and it doesn't happen without the buy-in of all the different people that I've just mentioned and it doesn't happen it definitely doesn't happen without your support so that must be stated again and again and again I really mean it these things can be trotted out um, without the sincerity behind them but I do really want to reinforce that message that I'm grateful that you make an appointment each week to come along and listen to me talk about our amazing Northern Ireland Football League Premiership, Championship and PIL and the Irish Cup and the League Cup and whatever else we can get our teeth into over the course of a campaign it has been an awful lot of fun and we will be back doing it again next season so in closing once more thank you have a great summer whatever you have coming up take care of yourself and i'll speak to you very soon bye bye